Well, joining us now to talk about this case and also how to fight crime, because he certainly knows how to do just that. He was the former commissioner of the New York City Police Department under then Mayor Rudy Giuliani. And joining us now is Bernie Carrick. Bernie, great to have you here on the show. Thanks, Rita. You know, Bernie, first, before I get to some of the great crime-fighting measures that clearly worked under you and Rudy, tell us first off, what's your reaction to this defense attorney who said often reports are inaccurate, he deserves a fair trial? He called, and he was the crime stopper, basically called the crime stopping line and said, hey, you're looking for me, I understand, I'm at this McDonald's. What's your reaction to hearing the defense attorney say that? Well, listen, uh, a few things. First of all, uh, he does have a right to a fair trial. Um, And I wish, I honestly wish the system, the Justice Department and uh, and the press and media um, went along with those sentiments uh, in every avenue, not just this case, but every other case, Uh, because these days that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, He has a right to a fair trial. The defense attorney made some statements, and I I thought it was, you know, I I didn't hear this before you just played this. And I I had to laugh to myself because the defense attorney is basically saying what she's been told. Um, These are things that she's been told by her client. Um, They could be inaccurate. They could be completely false. Um, She doesn't know, right? So she's repeating what she was told. Um, and the facts will come out in court. You can't really blame a defense attorney, uh, Rita, for sticking sticking up for their client. Um, but anybody that watches this, anybody that watches this, watches what happened, um, takes a basic look at the evidence. Uh, in this case, you pretty much know you know what the deal is, right? You know where the guy was. You know, you know. He's been caught. They they tagged the gun to him, the canisters to him, the backpack to him, you know, his his route of travel. Um, You know, it it just takes a little common sense to put it together. But I, I don't have a problem with the defense attorney making those statements. Well, and, you know, I don't have a problem saying a right to fair trial because I absolutely agree with that. What just seems so outlandish, and I want to play it again, is that. The way she's saying it is like a lot of the reports are not accurate. In other words, it's almost trying to say, like, did you get the wrong guy? And that's a little you have to believe that all these pieces that you just talked about, Bernie, and all these others are just kind of out of 100 percent. You know, like I I would bet on lottery and expect to win a billion bucks more than all these things fitting together going after him. You know, I mean, it's like you'd have to believe in all these coincidences. I just want to play it one more time because it's such a weird phrasing. Um, Let's play it again here and I'll get you to react, Bernie. Initial press and police reports in cases like this one are often inaccurate. Mr. James is entitled to a fair trial and we will ensure that he receives one. Yeah, it's the inaccurate part that's weird, you know? I mean, is that yeah. like grasping for straws? You know what she's, you know what she's doing? And, and this is, uh, if you went back to my interviews within uh, two hours after, uh, after the shooting, I told, uh, I said numerous times, listen, when the initial reports come in, be prepared that those reports are going to change. We, as they did, we heard there was five shots. 
and there was seven shot. There was ultimately 10 shot. There was, you know, that went from seven injured to 10 to 12 to 29 to 30. Um, those, those things will change. And the lawyer's right. She's right. Sometimes, uh, you know, the facts are inaccurate. I would say uh, she's using that as a defense attorney does to basically stall because the bottom line is just based on the basic evidence that I've seen and heard, um, you know, her client is going to prison probably for the rest of his life. So uh, she's going to do whatever she has to do um, to create that picture before they get into court. What do you make of um, the fact that it is a federal crime? And you just hit on the right on the head, uh, Bernie, I think, in the fact that he could get life behind bars, that this is a much more serious case because it's a federal charge of a terrorist act on a mass transit system. That's the qualifier for it to be. Uh, Hopefully that will be a much more severe punishment than if it was somewhere else, because it seems like he was a victim of a revolving door, Bernie. Yeah, you know what, Rita? Um, or we uh, were a victim of I, his revolving door, I should say, Bernie. Right. I, I agree that it should be a federal charge um, based on the fact that it was in the mass transit system. But I'm going to tell you something. Whether it was in the system or not, if this guy walked into a store or walked into Midtown Manhattan and started trying to uh, assassinate people, um, given who he is, given his racist, extreme, racist, radical mentality. He fits the definition of a domestic terrorist on the FBI's, on their own website. If you go to the FBI's website and you look up definitions for terrorism, there are two, international terrorism, domestic terrorism. On the domestic terrorism side, it talks about the use of violence for certain ideologies, one of them is extreme racism. This guy fits that bill probably better than anybody I've heard of in recent years because he reminds me of, like, some of these guys that were back in the 70s and uh, 60s, early 80s, the Black Panther Party, the Black Liberation Army. That's the mentality this guy had, and that's ex- exactly why he went out there and uh, went on this rampage. So whether it was in the mass transit system or not, I honestly believe he should have been charged as a domestic terrorist anyway. Yeah, no, great, great point. And everybody, we're talking to former NYPD Commissioner Bernie Carrick. You know, Bernie, um, I want to get your thoughts because you and Rudy Giuliani had such incredible success and historic results in turning, turn, you know, turning New York City around, you know, the biggest city in the world. And how you did it. There's some talk now, by the way, that New York is considering weapon detecting technology for uh, the subway. What do you make of that? And what things would you do that you guys can draw upon that you would advise, you know, even Eric Adams and others? You know what, Rita? uh, Listen, enhancing technology under any circumstances is good for policing. Right, whether it's the weapons identification programs, whether it's shot spotters in the communities that can pick up the sound of gunfire and have cameras flagged down on the location where those gunshots are going off, or whatever the case may be, technology is great. But listen, the what's happening in the city today, the amount of crime, 
the shootings, the homicide rate was five times worse when Rudy Giuliani took office. Five times worse than it is today. So nobody should be able to tell me that it can't be fixed. Because in the six year, eight years that Rudy was in office, the violent crime rate dropped by 65%, the murder rate dropped by 70 and in the black community where the violence was some of the highest, the murder rate dropped by almost 80%. Don't tell me it can't be done. Don't tell me you need national gun programs. Don't tell me you need more you know, gun detection. Don't tell me none of that stuff. Because the bottom line is it was fixed under Rudy Giuliani because, one, he had a governor, and, and Democratic governor included. Governor Cuomo, Governor Pataki was there during his administration. He had governors that were pro-law enforcement. They weren't signing into law, bail reform acts, and all this other garbage. He had prosecutors like Robert Morgenthau that was prosecuting bad guys, locking them up to make sure they didn't get back out on the street, unlike Alvin Bragg. And he had police commissioners like Bill Bratton, me, Howard Safer, that was ordered, that was mandated. Go out and do the job you were ordered and you were, you were authorized to do under law. Do that job. Do it to the best of your ability. And whatever resources you need, I'm going to give you. But if you don't reduce crime, you're fired. Period. That's it. That's what he did. Eric Adams was a lieutenant and worked for me during those times. Eric Adams knows exactly what has to be done, exactly what has to be done. He lived through the playbook of the Renaissance of New York City. All he has to do, stand up, grab the courage that he needs to do it, ignore the radical left, and go do the job you're supposed to do. And I promise you, crime will drop. Yeah, and he has to reach out to great folks like you and to Rudy uh, to get advice. He's reached out to some of these other people. Why is he not reaching out to some people who have had such incredible success as you guys have had? Um, Bernie Carrick, so great to have you here on the show and get your perspective on all these things. And uh, thank you for all you've done to keep this great city safe. Thanks, Rita. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.